the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is a worship issue. Have you understand who God is? That Jesus came in this world to change your relationship with sin. And if he's come into your life, he, he's done that to change your relationship with him. So see him for who he is and trust him. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. That's the way it is with sin management. You can't, it doesn't work. And that's why some of you have said, I've I've read these books, I've tried these diets, I've gone to see these people, and it's just not working. Why? Well, it's going to get the beach ball to keep from hitting you in the face. The only thing you can do is pull your pocket knife out of your bathing suit, which I wouldn't recommend you have. But if you pull your pocket knife out of your bathing suit and you stab that beach ball, it's going to let the air come out and it can't hurt you anymore. That's what I want you to do with the sin that you're trying to manage. Let the Holy Spirit of God cut into your life today in such a way that it is dealt with once and for all. What's the solution? Last week, I told you, you've got to stop believing lies. That taking thoughts captive, part of taking thoughts captive is realizing that the Satan, our enemy, is a liar. He's a deceiver. And so you've got to stop believing the lies of the enemy. This week, I'm getting a little more personal. I'm going to tell you, you've got to stop telling lies. Some of you are telling lies. Let me give you three of them. Some of you are saying, I'm not liable. What does that mean? Well, what you're really saying is, you know, it's not my fault. My daddy was an alcoholic. Or I've I've struggled with weight all my life. Or I've just got, I'm I'm Scottish. I've just got angry issues. And you, you find some kind of reason to justify what you're doing. And so you're saying, it's not on me. I'm not liable. And that's a lie. Some of you are saying uh, another lie. You're saying, I'm not forgivable. And this breaks my heart because you, you feel the shame and the guilt of sin. It's like you know it's sin, but instead of running to Jesus, what you're saying is there's no hope for me. I'm lost. And, and, and even coming into a place like this or hearing these words is overwhelming because you're thinking, oh, I just can't take it anymore. I, no way a loving God would forgive me. And yet that's exactly what scripture teaches. The Bible says that there's no way that God could love you more than he loves you right now. And there's nothing you could do that would cause him to love you when he left. And in fact, he makes it so clear that he says, I I demonstrated my love in that while you were still a sinner, my son Jesus died for you. Oh, the love of God is vast. And there is no one that hears these words that is unforgivable. Or maybe you're telling this lie, I'm not accountable. You'd be surprised how many people are bold enough to tell me as a pastor that from time to time. It's not your business what I do. 
That's a big one in our society today. Let your truth be your truth. My truth will be my truth. Well, you can believe that lie if you want, but that's a lie. The Bible says that one day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, and one day everyone will stand before our holy God and account for the life that we've lived. So are you living a lie? That's what John's saying. He's saying some of you are walking in darkness and you're living that lie. And so I'm going to tell you, it's time to stop and start with this. It's time to stop lying to others. That's what he talks about in verses six and seven. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and we do not live out the truth. Don't live that lie. You know it. You know our neighbors, our coworkers, our classmates. What, what's the number one reason they say they don't want to come to church? Because the church is full of hypocrites. Now that's stupid. Because hypocrites are everywhere, right? I went to Publix this week and it was full of hypocrites. But I still needed to get a dozen eggs for $9. Man, there's a big game at Raymond James Stadium tomorrow night. There was, a, there was a big one last night in Jacksonville. Man, talk about a comeback. Guess what? Both of those stadiums, full of hypocrites. Hypocrites are everywhere. But it does mean something. It's somebody who says one thing and does another. So God's word says, if you, if you say that you're walking in the light, if you say you've got this relationship with God that's changed you, and yet your actions, your attitude, your lifestyle says otherwise, you're living a lie. But sometimes we don't see that because the darkness deceives us. We begin to believe we can do it on our own. So we just walk through and we think it's like the emperor who has no clothes. We think nobody notices. The word walk that he used there is literally a word that's describing a present tense. So it's happening right now and it's a continual action. So I'm just presently continuing to do whatever I want and act like the words I'm saying will make you think I'm doing something different. The problem is not only do others see, God sees. John is saying if you truly have a changed heart, it's going to lead to changed habits. It's going to change your want to. You you don't want to just be content with the way that you've been living. And the problem is we say we want changed hearts, but I think a lot of times we just want changed circumstances. We're, We're not willing to do the things that are truly necessary for our lives to be changed. So we stay in the darkness and we hide and we fake it till we make it. But we don't make it. And what he's saying is when you come into the light, you open up and you get cleaned up. By the way, that's why different support groups like Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous, that's why they're popular because people can come together and they feel like, all right, it's out in the open. Now I'm accepted. And by the way, that's a lot of, that's the reason a lot of people feel more comfortable at their neighborhood bar than they do their neighborhood church. Because they feel like I can go in there and be myself and not be judged. And, and yet scripture teaches when we get this right, we don't walk in the dark. We bring it into the light and that just helps our fellowship. So... um Just a reminder to you of who we are as a church. This is not a museum for saints. This is a hospital for sinners like me. We come here because we're needy. We're desperate. We need that touch of Jesus. 
It's a great illustration of this in scripture. I'm just going to kind of give you the Cliff Notes version. King David, he blew it in a big way. Adultery, murder, he lied to everybody about it. He thought everything was fine until God's man came to him and said, hey, you got a problem. He did this in a creative way, but basically he looked at David and said, you got to get right with God. There are going to be consequences to your actions, but you got to get this out in the open. And so literally, even your friends who never come to church, who don't proclaim to be Christ followers, they know about David and Bathsheba. Everybody knows about his darkest moments. What's the result? This morning, just telling you, if you're in the word every day, God speaks to you. This morning, I was in Acts 13. I'm reading through Acts 13. The Holy Spirit inspired Dr. Luke to write the book of Acts. Hundreds and hundreds of years after the life and death of David. And you know what he says? And then there's David. A man after God's heart. When you bring it into the light, it's freeing. Stop lying to others. Number two, stop lying to yourself. It's time to stop lying to yourself. Verse 8 says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not even in it. You see, once we start walking into the truth, we see, hey, everybody's in this mess. My problems may be different, but in the eyes of God, they're not different than the problems of everybody else. Everybody's struggling with some issue. Watch this. How many of you would be bold enough to, to say, I know somebody in my circle of the world, my corner of influence, I know somebody um, that's an addict. Let me see your hands. I, I do. Everybody? Okay. That's most of you. And, and some of you, by the way, if Jesus were here and he said, everybody raise your hand, some of you never raise your hand in church. But um, now, how many of you would say, I'm an addict? Wow. You see, and yet I've spent already almost 30 minutes telling you that in the eyes of God, all of us, like the Apostle Paul, we struggle with this thing called sin. And unless you're better than he is, you're, you've got this battle where you say, I'm doing the things I don't want to do and I'm not doing the things I do. And yet it's hard to admit it, isn't it? And, and so that's why in verse 9 he says, hey, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from unrighteousness. You've got to decide if you agree with God about who you are. That's what confession is. And confession has great power. Every month I read through the Psalms and every month I'm struck by this. I've, I've seen it at work in my life. I've, I've seen it at work in the lives of people that I've deeply loved. It says in Proverbs 28, 13, whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. You may feel like it's impossible for me to come clean, but the truth is what we cover, he'll one day uncover. But what we uncover, he covers with his blood. He does what we think would be impossible. He meets our need, but we have to come clean. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. But when I don't see my sin for what it is and deal with it, a cycle of addiction just begins. Now, we could spend our whole time on this. We could do a series just on addiction, but let me just give you how this cycle looks. The addiction, sin, hurt, habit, hang up in your life becomes your identity. And so you become content with just saying, that's just who I am. And, and so with well-intentioned organizations like Alcoholics Anonymous, um, they foster this because I'm, I'm taught to stand up and say, hi, I'm Paul, 
And I am what? An alcoholic. And so in our society, you're so pushed to label yourself as what you've done. But that's not biblical. According to scripture, God doesn't look at you based on what you've done. He looks at you based on who you are. And if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, the Bible says that you are in Christ. You're a different person. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All the old things have passed away. All things have become new. If you're a follower of Christ, your identity is in him. Don't say, hi, I'm Susan and I'm, I'm a lesbian. Or I'm, I'm Fred and... I, I struggle with prescription, or I, I, I'm, I'm addicted to prescription drugs. No, you, you, you begin to say, I'm Paul. I'm, I'm a saved, changed, blood-cleansed follower of Christ who struggles with the sin of alcohol. But if you don't do that, it'll become your identity. And then the addiction, the sin, the hurt, the habit, the hang-up, it breeds insecurity. Why? Because I just feel hopeless. I've failed so many times. I've tried this diet. I've read this book. I promised I wouldn't do it anymore. So I just feel like a failure. Again, not what scripture teaches you to be. And then the addiction, the sin, the hurt, the habit, the hang up just becomes an escape. Because who wants to feel like a failure? And so whatever the issue, you begin to self-medicate. And make no mistake, that's what's happening when you take that drink, when you pop that pill, when you steal away and look on your phone or on your screen, when you go to the cupboard and just say, I, I just, I'm not really hungry, but I got to eat. Whatever the issue, I'm picking on those, they're... Dozens of issues that we struggle with, even in this room. And when that becomes the escape that is a medication to ourself, it creates unhealth in our life. And then that addiction, that sin, that hurt, that habit, that hang up really becomes our idol. Remember, because that's what addiction is. It's the center of who we are. It drives who we are, regardless of the consequences. So I can know I'm about to lose my marriage but I'm driven by this. I, I can recognize that I'm hurting people around me, but I'm driven by this. I look in the mirror and realize I'm literally killing myself, but I'm driven by this. So what do I do? I want you to listen carefully. I would never trivialize any of this or seek to oversimplify it in a way that's not biblical. Some of you may need therapy. We believe Christian counseling is a benefit that you could utilize. Some of you may need a rehab program. That can be helpful at some stages. A lot of you would benefit by coming weekly to our Celebrate Recovery program that meets here on this campus every Friday night. You would realize you're not alone. But none of that helps if you don't really look at it and see what is the root of the problem. And these things I've been describing, the root of the problem is sin. That's what John was saying if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. So how does that look, literally? Number one, we expose our sin to the light. We bring it out in the open. Whether that be just you and God and, and that gets you down the road or you and a counselor or you and a pastor, you and a group, 
you expose your sin to the light. Why? Because light disinfects. Remember when we were in the heat of COVID and every time you turned on the TV or every time you opened the internet, somebody was selling you something to help with COVID? We've never done this before. They were making it up, but somebody was coming up with something. And if we as a church would have had the money, let me just tell you what we would have done. We would have bought these lights they were trying to sell that supposedly the lights were somehow making everything clean. We didn't have the money, so we don't have those. Sorry. But there is truth, right? Light disinfects. And that's what John's saying. Every great movement of God has begun with public repentance. If you look historically, every great movement of God, and we need a movement of God. Church, do you agree we need a movement of God in our church, in our community, in our nation, in our world? Every time we look at this historically, it begins with public repentance, with people of faith coming out and just saying, man, I just need people to know I'm blowing it in this area and I'm sick of it. I'm exposing this to the light. Some people would say the road to recovery begins with self-discovery. That's true if that self-discovery is that you're discovering who you are as a sinner who needs God's grace. Expose your sin to the light. Secondly, express your sin to the Lord. That's the confession. Confess is a word that simply means I agree with you, God. It's agreeing with God about what's not right in your life. Ignatius, the early church father in Antioch said, it's impossible for a man to be freed from the habit of sin before he hates it just as it's impossible to receive forgiveness before confessing the trespasses. Number three, expect your life to be different. Begin to assume that God's going to work in you. Remember, 2 Corinthians five seventeen. if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. God's changed your relationship with sin. You are not a slave to sin. You are a slave to Christ. He is your master. That addiction, that hurt, that habit, that hangover, that, that sin, that is not your master. Don't reduce your faith to just receiving forgiveness without experiencing the cleansing and the purifying power of God. So how do we do this? Well, last week I ended with three words. I'm going to give you those again, and, but add a fourth real quickly. The first one is this, feed. You got to feed your mind. You, you got to start putting the truth where you've been hearing and telling lies. Now, where do we find the truth, class? Where do we find the truth? The Bible, God's word, get into the book. Make this a priority in your life. I want to say again to you, if Jesus used the word of God to battle the demon of hell himself, Satan, and when he was tempted in the wilderness, why do we think we can do this without knowing the word of God? Feed on the word of God. Number two, free yourself. Determine to be real. Stop playing the games. Don't leave today without saying, I'm going to be honest about where I am and who I am and what I'm dealing with. I've got to get this out. The sickest I've ever been was about 20 years ago. I have some friends here that may remember this. I had traveled to Central Asia. I I then met up with the rest of our group in London. I was supposed to come home the next day. So the the night before we left, we all went to a pub there in London and got burgers. And I don't know if my burger wasn't cooked or if it wasn't cow or what. But I got the sickest I've ever been. I got so sick that that whole group left me in London by myself. Pray for Kimberly. She's still bitter about that, by the way. I stayed there for two extra days. The hotel doctor had to come to my room and try to help me. I was so sick. Why? I was poisoned. The only way to get well was to get what? Cleansed. 
It's not pretty, but it's true. And it's not pretty in some of your lives, but it's true. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And then the last one, or the next to last one is focus. <laughs> you got to understand this is serious business. Some, some of you aren't focused, and I, I know we're getting late, but uh, this is good. I got to help you. Raise your hand if you've been to uh, Golden Corral before. Ours is closed down, but have you been to Golden Corral? Man, that's like heaven on earth, right? You walk in, you pay one price, you get one plate, and there's like endless steak before you. Endless baked potatoes. I mean, there's other stuff too, salad, but who in the world would mess with that? Endless dessert. Now, I'm not judging, I'm just pointing out. Rarely do you see a skinny person in Golden Corral. And I'm just saying, rarely do you see somebody walking back to their table with just a little bit of salad on their plate. I mean, it's like overflowing and piled to the high, like they're about to close this place down. We better move quick. And then what happens? You get to your table. The waiter or waitress comes up and says, sir, would you like something to drink? And you say, yes, I'll take a Diet Coke. I mean, seriously? And yet that's how we live spiritually. Get this. We live our lives however we want to. We do everything that makes us feel good in the moment. We go through the motions like, hey, just bring it on. I need pleasure. And then we give 90 minutes to God on Sunday as a Diet Coke. And we think that's going to change things. Doesn't work. You got to focus. And then you got to fellowship. You got to be accountable. That's what he's saying. When you walk in the light, you have fellowship with one another. Someone said it's a raw power and genuine freedom that comes when you name your sin in the presence of a loving community. Naming the sin out loud to people you know and trust has the power to break chains. So stop lying to others. Stop lying to yourself. But here's a big one. Stop lying about God. That's what he says in, in verse 10. If we claim we've not sinned, we make, him out, we make him out to be a liar. What is he reminding us? This whole thing's not about us. Your focus has been wrong. You're trying to pull yourself up by the bootstraps. You're trying to fix all your problems, but it's not about you. This is a worship issue. Have you understand who God is? That Jesus came in this world to change your relationship with sin. And if he's come into your life, he, he's done that to change your relationship with him. So see him for who he is and trust him. Stop putting other things before him. Stop letting other things occupy the throne room of your life. Now, how can we do that? We recognize that Jesus has done everything that needs to be done. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He's faithful and just. Do you get that? Now, how was he faithful and just? What did he do to make him faithful and just? There's one simple act. His death on the cross. Please understand that this is what Christianity is based on. If Jesus had not died on the cross... The only thing that would be faithful and just for us is for him to send us to hell. That's what would be the right response. But what makes him faithful and just is that he took our punishment. And because Jesus took my punishment, when I trust him, 
he can say, I got you, Paul. Paul, when you look in the mirror and when others look at you, don't be defined by those bad things you do. I don't like those. I want you to get those right, but that doesn't define you. You'd be defined by who I am because you're clothed in my righteousness. If you are a saved follower of Jesus Christ, regardless of your struggles, what you believe about Jesus is where it really begins. Every issue becomes a Jesus issue. So what do you believe about Jesus? You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.